1: Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sina Jad. of course, I'm joined by Mike McCorn. Mike, you're not in the friendly confines of your penthouse in downtown Nashville. I mean, quick update. Uh, when do you get back home? How are things going for you right now?
2: Well, I've been hotel living. Uh, I'm actually in the Nashville office right now, though. I came in. I've been doing some shows in the studio here. Grabbed a little office to get this one recorded. But uh, I'm hopeful that I can be back in my place on Sunday. Uh, which would be the 14-day mark. Um, We'll see. We got a relatively positive update last night. They had 27 floors to test. 19 of the 27 have passed. We're still waiting on all of them to pass before they can repower the building, but uh, we are hopeful we'll be back in uh, for Sunday.
1: Wow. So it's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks for you, Mike. Thank you. Listen, first of all, appreciate you joining the show. I know you couldn't join us last week because of these same circumstances. But for the record, you look great. You sound great in, in the studio. So that's good to know. If you're actually watching us on YouTube and you're seeing my background and Mike's background, go ahead and hit the YouTube uh, like button. That would be great. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. By the way, before we get into the first game, which is going to be falcons Jacks um our fft dfs contest we got about 120 of 200 in it so we got about 80 spots left so let's go ahead and fill that up it's the, the link for it is going to be in the youtube description it's going to be in the podcast description it's five bucks super easy if for some reason you ever can't find the link uh whether it's a tuesday or a friday go ahead and just message me on twitter and i'll go ahead and uh I'll make sure you have the link for that all right mike what do you say we get started with the week four main slate
2: I'm ready to jump into it. See, so, yeah, I think there's a few very interesting matchups this week. Me too. I there's so many. Honestly, it's going to be this.
1: This feels like a harder slate, uh, I think, for just the layperson, the average person, because there's so many different games to choose from and so many expensive players to choose from. So, um, you're going to have to sort of, you know, take your stand somewhere. And so, I'm I'm really curious to see where you're at with that. And by the way, if you are watching us on YouTube, the link to the contest. Um, Our guy, our producer behind the ones and twos uh, behind the screen, uh, Nada, he actually has put it in the uh, YouTube comments. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can literally click on it right now. It's really at the top of, of the comments right now. So that's great. Good job, Nada. Okay, let's start with Falcons plus three at the Jaguars. I don't think this one has a ton of appeal. You know, obviously, the, the Trevor Lawrence experience so far hasn't been great, at least not this year. Calvin Ridley, we've seen him drop some balls. Etienne's gotten a lot of production, a lot of work. So that's that's interesting. I don't know that in a 43 point total, people really want to get big pieces of this game. Bajan Robinson, probably not going to be super popular. Is this a game you're just taking a pass on or is there somebody interesting in this game you want to play?
2: Yeah, I'm mostly taking a pass on it. You know, when I run lineups and everything, I try to generate 50 to 100 lineups at a time and just generally get a sense to see, like, what kind of exposure do I have to this game overall? Is it like multiple players? Is there one player that's sneaking in? Things like that. Uh, I think the only thing that we can talk about here, a couple things, really. Number one, this, uh, you know, this is a a game that's in London, right? Uh, Wembley Stadium. And then the other thing to consider here is Zay Jones has been ruled out. Uh, obviously not the number one wide receiver in town, but certainly someone that can flash and, and have decent games at times. Uh, so that is going to be interesting. The guy that's filled in for him at times, Jamal Agnew, also potentially not going to play questionable with a quad. Uh, we saw at times he had some big play upside. He, he's very, very fast. Um So something to monitor there. I I don't think that there's an obvious plug and play because of the way this offense runs, Uh, but Zay Jones is out. uh, And just note that this game is a neutral site game, but the Jags are the one team you can still call a home game for uh, because they do have a pretty good fan base over there.
1: Yeah. And I should apologize because I wanted to point this out kind of as a singular game because, Mike, this isn't on the main slate, right? This is more of a showdown opportunity. So, yeah, my bad on that. To the extent people want to play showdown here, I mean, is is like I mean, I think Etienne is is probably in play here. I mean, from a production standpoint, he's also running a lot of routes, uh, Atlanta allowing 4.2 yards per carry. And and I don't think we need to have a huge discussion here. But I think Etienne would be somebody I'd, I'd want to make sure I had in my lineup. Is that does that sound good to you, Mike?
2: Yeah, no, I think it sounds pretty good there. And I, I will admit that would be why when I ran 50 to 100 lineups that I didn't get any uh, Jaguars and, and Falcons <laughs> in my lineups. So uh, thanks for pointing out that this one's not on the main slate for me. It makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah, and so I, and I, I should have prefaced the game uh, with that because I did want to just kind of point it out that, that it is a singular game. You can play if you want to, if you want to get some showdown experience on a Saturday morning. So my apologies there. The main slate does actually begin with – Dolphins plus two and a half at the Bills, a 54-point total. Obviously, Mike, this is a game people are going to probably want to get want to get aggressive with. The problem is everybody's really expensive and there's other games to go to. So I'm just curious, are you going to have a lot of shares in this game? Is this a, is this a preferred stack, whether it be Josh Allen to Diggs or somebody else or Tua to Tyreek? Or are you not stacking it and maybe just grabbing a piece or two? Obviously, Mostert and, and HN are, are in this conversation, too. There's just so many pieces, including James Cook, Jalen Waddle coming back. How are you dealing with this game at a 54 point total?
2: Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, I think that it's too expensive to really go out and stack it uh, unless we get a lot more value that opens up over the next 48 hours. Uh, When I'm looking at this. I have a ton of interest in Tyreek Hill. I think that everyone probably has a ton of interest in Tyreek Hill. The guy is absolutely incredible. They're able to get the ball to him. Uh, I think that continues. And I think that they're going to find themselves in an incredibly competitive game here. I think that people looking at this game would probably be a little stunned to see the line on this game. Uh, They might expect Miami to maybe be favored after what we've seen so far from both teams and really the strength of the competition at quarterback that the Bills have faced so far um but i, I love Tyreek kill i'll be jamming him in pretty much everywhere but when i'm doing something like that i'm not really getting to a lot of the other pieces uh so for me it's Tyreek kill if you want to take a shot on stuff on i think that's fine I think the game script's probably going to be there for him but the only other players that i have interest in are the tight ends uh just high scoring game environment a lot of passing volume on both sides uh so Durham smith is someone that i liked a lot last week would have won a lot of money i had a great week last week but i would have won a lot more money if he had had anything really uh, but he is on the field for nearly every single snap this season that is definitely what you're looking for at the tight end position so i like him Three thousand uh, dollars, and then if you want to take a shot on the Buffalo tight ends, I think that's fine too.
1: Yeah, absolutely, J.K. I see a question in here about Javante Williams. It's related to FanDuel, but that's that's fine. We are going to get to that Denver game. I do think Javante Williams is at least interesting uh, in a potential blow up spot for him. Uh, maybe a, an initial blow up spot. I mean, we're seeing him kind of ramp up with practice, and if the game script is right, Javante Williams is going to get a lot of carries. So we'll get to that in, in a little bit. But I think I agree with you, Mike. I think I'm. Probably on Tyreek if I can get there and then I'm kind of out of this game. I don't think I want to deal with the the most A-chan experience. I mean, just like looks like they're going to be like splitting carries and I don't think we can expect what we saw last week. But listen, that that doesn't mean they're not going to do great. I just don't think I'm getting there with him uh, or with them. I I will say that if you wanted to do the Josh Allen dig stack, it's about as expensive as the two at a Tyreek stack. So, you know, do that with I mean, honestly, I'd probably want to be on the on the two side of that, but. I, Mike, I kind of agree with you. I think I'm going to be stacking other games, which which has me just taking pieces of this game. But I certainly wouldn't argue with anybody who wanted to stack it. An argument I might make against somebody who wanted to stack this game, this next game, Commanders plus eight against the Eagles, 43 and a half point total. I'm not in love with any stacks here, but I do. Listen, I think a Jalen Hurts stack. Really, anytime is fine, Uh, but I don't think I'm doing it here in this lower total. I'm interested in DeAndre Swift here at 5,700 on DraftKings. I'm interested in nobody on the commander side. How are you feeling about this one?
2: Yeah, I'm mostly off of this game. Um, I I get the interest in Swift. I think there are just a ton of running backs you could play, so I I have no issue with it. I think the beauty of this week is there's so many running backs in that kind of price range that no one's really going to – carry that significant ownership they're all going to be owned for sure um so I, I don't mind swift call it at all i could take a shot a little bit with, with dallas goddard if you need a tight end again a position that's relatively weak overall uh, on this slate uh, again we're not we don't get travis kelsey here they're on the main, they're not on the main slate so the tight end position overall takes a pretty big hit so I, if you want to bet on the eagles a team that should be winning here uh, I don't mind that, but overall, I'm mostly off of this game other than I think you could take some shots with, frankly, either defense.
1: Yeah, uh, I totally agree there. I mean, I honestly, I feel like the commander's defense just isn't there yet against an Eagles-type offense, but you're certainly getting a discount with that defense. One thing, I, I wanted to go back to this Bills game real quick. I wanted to just point something out, and I think it's relevant. The Bills so far this year, they faced Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Howell. So to the extent you've seen either of the any of those teams move the ball, and we saw spurts where Jimmy G, at least early in that game, was moving the ball at least a little bit. Sam Howell was moving the ball and then throwing interceptions. You know, basically every single drive in the week three game against the Bills. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to point that out because they haven't faced a a offense even close, even close to the caliber of the Miami Dolphins. So it is potentially a blow up spot there for for two, in my opinion, Mike. I wanted to ask you that the line here is like two and a half, three.
2: Do you have a play on this game? Do do you like either side here? Uh, I don't have a play on it. I do still give Buffalo a pretty big home field advantage overall. Mm. Uh, So that's why it it is where it is. However, I, I wouldn't shock me if Miami ends up just being really, really good. Uh, as long it comes down to the the health of Tua and Tyreek Hill is frankly playing out of his mind right now. Uh, he's playing so so good. It's actually been fun to watch. If you're scrolling over on social media today, I saw a uh, a post about how the 54 yard touchdown that Tyreek Hill scored, mm-hmm. he ran the wrong route on that play. Yes, it was a total busted play. Uh, yes. And, Pure adjustment on both ends, quarterback and receiver. Uh, Absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, what's really funny about that, I saw that clip, and then I saw another clip where they were on, like, the six or seven-yard line against the Broncos. They were already, like, kind of blowing them out. And they were talking about what celebration – they weren't doing it in a cocky way. They were talking about what celebration, touchdown celebration dance, they were going to do before they even scored. And they were just talking about it very matter-of-factly. Like, when we score, let's do this one. And then, of course, on the next play, they score and they do – the orchestrated uh, touchdown dance. So I just, th- this team is, is really good if they stay healthy, like watch out. Um, speaking of not staying healthy, Ravens plus three at the Browns. The Ravens really kind of ravaged with injuries as usual. This is just a, a, a tough luck team when it comes to injuries at the running back position, but defensively really injured as well. You know, the Jerome Ford experience, I guess it went okay. He caught that touchdown pass last week, but now he's been priced up a little bit. He's at 5,400 I don't know that I want to get involved in this game. I know a lot of sharp people that are on the under in this game, which right now it stands at around 40 and a half. So I'm not expecting a lot of points. I think the Browns defense is interesting in this one, but I'm not really looking at
2: any like skill position players here. How about you, Mike? Yeah, very much in line with you there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to a little top three at every position. Sometimes I put the defenses, sometimes I don't. Uh, the Browns defense are definitely in my player pool. Uh, so that that's certainly where I would be. Uh, if you want to play one of the running backs, I think that's fine. I I honestly, it sounds crazy because of the injuries and we have a, you know, it's a limited participation. It's a shoulder injury for Deshaun Watson. That makes me a little cautious on some of his rushing. Mm-hmm. However, uh, to me, this projects as a game, especially when you've got a mobile quarterback on the other side, that's where you see some of these mobile quarterbacks kind of, Oh yeah, I can run too. I used to be able to do that. Right. That happens a little bit more in these kind of matchups. Uh, there's a strong correlation with a running quarterback and the team's defense. So, if you like Deshaun Watson like I do, I think he's fine at 6K. Like, I, I think he's got a floor near 18 to 20 points, and he's got 30 point upside if he gets the rushing touchdown. It's just, again, a matter of how does that shoulder feel uh, in the running game for him. But to me, this projects as a game where uh, Watson could be a, a decent quarterback option at just 6K.
1: Yeah, very, very interesting there. Uh, speaking of of rushing quarterbacks. Uh, We're going to get to another one in a couple games that I'm really intrigued by. Uh, That's Justin Fields. We're not going to do that next, but we're going to do that really soon. Um, I got an afternoon slate story to tell you, Micah, about that from, from week three, but before we get to any of those games, uh, let's hear a message from our partners.
0: eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.
1: Let's move to another game. Listen, we're gonna get to more exciting games, but there's a you know, this game is is kind of like Ravens Browns, where I don't have a ton of interest. But Mike, you might have a ton of interest based on a couple of things I've seen from you. We've got the we got the Bengals minus two and a half at the Titans. This is another lower total, 40 and a half. Now, I look at this game and I think, all right, you know, I could go to Joe Burrow. He looked okay, at least in the second half last week, but I was pretty nervous about how he was kind of planting his foot. But then again. He just hit Jamar Chase like every single time and Jamar Chase caught everything. Is is that a stack that might be worthy of playing? And is this a situation where you'd run it back with anything or are you just moving on from this game too?
2: I love this game. Uh, I'm, I love the Burrow stack. Uh, you could play it with Jamar Chase. You could play it with T Higgins. I will likely have it double stacked. Uh, there's one thing about this Titans team. Their secondary is absolutely atrocious. And Jamar Chase... And Joe Burrow, they did get back on the same page in the last game. Mm -hmm. He was on the same page with T. Higgins, too, if you watch the game. T. Higgins was not on the same page with T. Higgins. T. Higgins had some awful (laughs) drops in that game, even left to go to the locker room at one point. I don't know if it was more mental than physical in terms of just needing to to take a break for a second, but I think he bounces back in a big way. I love this matchup for Cincinnati, Uh, but when you look at Joe Burrow, yes, he's been a little banged up. The mobility is a little bit of an issue. However, He threw the football in that game 49 times. He threw it 41 times against the Baltimore Ravens. He's $6,500, just the ninth most expensive quarterback. Jamar Chase isn't even $8,000. This is the cheapest you will see this particular combo of players. They are still one of the best tandems in the NFL. The Titans defense, again, absolutely atrocious in the secondary. I think that Joe Burrow, again, if we can project anywhere near – 49 attempts. Again, again, he threw the ball 49 times, 259 yards in a game that still was kind of awful, right? That fantasy point performance can be a 30 point game very, very easily if Joe Mixon isn't the one running the football into the end zone from the four yard line. Uh, I think that there's a big breakout game here coming. And again, I think this is the lowest you will see the combo of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase together.
1: And speaking of low, I can't imagine, especially when you're looking at this total and and people know that Joe Burrow is is kind of banged up here. I can't imagine his ownership is super high. And frankly, I wouldn't think Jamar Chase's would be super high, too, considering there's so many other receivers in other games like Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill. Like people generally aren't fitting Jamar
2: Chase in their lineup, whether they're stacking him with Burrow or not. Correct. Yes, I have Jamar Chase projected to be the 13th highest owned wide receiver uh, on this slate. And Burrow's got to be super low, right? Yes. Uh, Joe Burrow is around 14th. One, two, three, four. Yeah, 13th uh, on quarterback as well. And then if you think Chase is low owned, go check out where you think T. Higgins will be. Link T. <laughs> Higgins, he wears jersey number five. I would be shocked if his ownership was that high.
1: Yeah. I totally agree with you there. He looked completely out of sorts. I mean, these were easy catches for him to make too, like breadbasket stuff that he was absolutely just fumbling. It was uh, very strange, but we know T. Higgins is a great receiver, so obviously those drops they're not super sticky. Like receivers usually, it's same with fumbles. Like that's the type of stuff that just you know variance goes the wrong way sometimes, and and, and they bounce back quite yeah. easily.
2: That's my favorite thing to point out. When you're dropping wide open passes, that's better to me than dropping contested passes. If you're dropping wide open passes, it's because you had the skill set to be that open in the first place. And that is what needs to happen. The rest of it, you've shown the ability to catch the football your entire life. That's why you're here in this position. That will come back. But once you lose the ability to be open all the time, that's a lot harder to get back than the ability to catch the football. So. I, I I like to point that out because we always harp on people to drop passes in those situations. Uh, they got the ball thrown to them for a reason. So
1: I was ridiculing my friends back in the day when uh, the Giants poured all that money into Kenny Galladay. And I Washington was sort of in those wide receiver Kenny Galladay sweepstakes. This was, of course, a few years ago. And the argument from my friends was always, oh, he's so good at contested catches. And I'm like, why do you think those catches were contested? He's a terrible route runner. He's just—he's not very quick. Like He's just going to have to catch in traffic. So um, it's a really good point you bring out. If they're dropping passes b- and they're open, um, the variance is going to go the other way. They're going to catch passes when they're open. These are professional receivers. And T. Higgins is certainly a, an upper-tier uh, professional receiver. All right, two teams that aren't super professional right now, like if there was relegation, we might be looking at Broncos and Bears uh, competing to stay in the league. Broncos are three and a half point favorites at the Bears. It's a 45 and a half point total, which is pretty high. It wouldn't shock me if this goes up to like 46 or maybe it's already at 46 in, in certain places. I don't hate this game. What's funny about this game is I played a lot of the afternoon slate last week, Mike, and I was just like, listen, I'm either going to be first or last. I'm putting Justin Fields in all my afternoon slate lineups, and I had everything else, which actually kind of hit. I had, you know Kenneth Walker and, and a bunch of other guys that, that hit pretty hard. But of course, I ended up finishing close to last, because Justin Fields was all kinds of bad. And so I'm just curious here, would you take the chance, if you were making if you were doing, let's say, I don't know, people out there doing 10 lineups? Would you take the chance to put like Justin Fields in one or two of those lineups thinking to yourself, all right, well, it's the Broncos who just let up 70 points. And if Justin Fields was ever going to have a good game, it would be here. Or do you just not waste that money? You go to the Justin Herbert stacks or the Tua stacks somewhere else or the Burrow stacks.
2: I would probably not. Play fields personally. Um, you know, is he going to have one big game this season? For sure. Uh, you know, he had 47 rushing yards there. He had 59 in week one. I like think it's possible that we see the game where he he has 100 rushing yards and a touchdown, which if he does that, he pays off his salary no matter what he does with his arm um however it's i I like joe burrow too much he's not going to play him i think more people will play justin fields still Mm -hmm. so i'm going to be off of it i i think it makes a little bit of sense um I, i think this game will be very competitive back and forth i think that it's frankly a good breakout spot for fields and russell wilson on the other side Uh, I I think that they both could have some success here, which is why I think you see a total, you know, you see these lower tier teams like this right now, you would expect a total around 41, 42. Mm -hmm. Pretty telling here. I think they're both going to have success moving the ball. So if you, you like Justin Fields, you want to be there for the week that he erupts here. I I think that this certainly could be it. Um, It's also a spot where he's playing at home. I think you have to consider that, right? He, He, Chicago fan base, not very happy right now. If, he he's going to have that emotion. You know, he played on the road at Tampa on the road at Kansas city. So he hasn't had to deal with it as much there. He should mentally be ready to go in this spot. I think that he looks to run more. So I don't hate it. I'm not going to do it, but I, I don't mind it at all.
1: So there's a couple pieces in this game that I think on the Broncos side are, are certainly viable, especially against this deplorable Bears defense. I mean, they can't defend the run. They can't defend the pass. They put no pressure on the quarterback. I mean, listen, if you want to do a rust stack, more power to you. Like, I'm not going to do that, but honestly, I wouldn't even argue with it if it was like a, a third or fourth stack you wanted to throw in there because he was targeting Cortland Sutton a ton. Now, Cortland Sutton lost two fumbles, which is kind of strange, but I I don't think, like, they're going to, like, Give him any less snaps than he had last week, and he was—he's really been a target monster for Russell Wilson. So whether you're stacking it or not, do, do you like Quillen Sutton in this somewhat high-scoring game at fifty-three hundred, and also Javante Williams? It does seem like an opportunity for a sub-six thousand running back like Javante Williams to like kind of put himself back
2: on the map, which you know he's desperate to do. He definitely is desperate to do. uh Yeah, the short answer is I like both of them. Uh, they're both playable. I'm probably more interested in playing them as individual pieces rather than trying to stack with Russell Wilson. Uh, Having said that, though, it's not going to shock me at all if Russell Wilson uh, has his best game of the season here, has three touchdown passes. Uh, I think he could definitely do it. Um, So I think this game is truly stackable on both sides. I think for me to really get there, I'd be needing to play, you know, 20 plus lineups. Then I would definitely have game stacks here. Uh, As far as Javante, I think that this is a very interesting spot for him. I've been wanting to see more work out of the backfield catching passes. Uh, We saw that a little bit in week one against the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Four catches on six targets. Uh, The yards weren't there, just five yards. Uh, Just not what you want. Uh, However, I think he still has a ton of upside in that. And I think that this is a matchup where we could see that. So if you don't love a couple of those running backs in that fifty five hundred to six k range, which there are like six of them that are playable this week. Uh, I think Javante is a great call out there. It, it does feel like a spot, uh, and this is credit to JK who had the
1: question earlier in the chat. Again, if you're if you're new to the chat, just know that our FFT DFS contest is up at the top of the chat. It's also going to be in the YouTube uh, and uh, podcast description, but. Uh, hit the like button as well. But yeah, I, I just think, listen, we we so, you you can't sort of transfer one thing to the other. Like the Miami Dolphins do- offense is obviously like a lot different. But the way the way H N and Mostert ran uh, against this this uh, oh, I guess that was against the uh, the Broncos. But the the way teams are running against this Bears defense, it just seems like a situation for Javante to break out. So I think I'm going to be hopeful that even if he doesn't get the passing work, that he gets the mm-hmm. touchdowns and he gets the yards. Um, a game where I'm not expecting a ton of touchdowns and yards. This is the next one. It's another 40 and a half point total. Buccaneers at the Saints. It looks like it's going to be Jameis Winston as opposed to Derek Carr. I'm really not interested in anything Jameis Winston related. I'm curious if you are, given that he's only 5,300. Obviously, Alvin Kamara makes his comeback. He's 6,100. I don't know what what you're thinking from a workload standpoint. Like, is he a guy that's just going to get the full workload? Which it's certainly possible. Um, they've been waiting on him to come back, and then on the other side of the ball, like I, I don't know that Baker Mayfield or really in this matchup Evans or Godwin or somebody. I'm looking to Kate Otten, a reasonably priced tight end at 3100. Anybody you're interested on either side here?
2: Honestly, not really. Uh, I, again, it's one of those games where you can play the defenses if you want. Uh, I think that there's probably something to be said to, to be playing either one of the defenses, um, especially you know maybe going against Jameis Winston. A uh, Lot there. I think he's still a talented quarterback. I think he's definitely has that muscle memory and can still go out there and, and play. Uh, but there is a lot of new going on on that side. Uh, at this point, you bring Kamara back, you've got the quarterback change, likely um, a lot to deal with against a team that I personally, I think Tampa's defense is still pretty legit. Uh, and just the way they're going to play a game, I think they're going to limit possessions overall. So in terms of fantasy scoring, I, I think that there are significantly better options like, I'm far more interested in Titans-Bengals in a game that's only a point to a point and a half higher on the spread, or I mean, on the total. Um, so I'm going to pass on this one. I really, I yeah, I can't get anywhere here.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I'm going to pass on it too. I think if people want to get to Alvin Kamara, I kind of get it, but it's just, it's not going to be for me. I'll probably just go a little cheaper uh, with the running back room, but listen, Alvin Kamara could get a full workload and that, that really could matter in this game in particular, uh, a, a game that has a really high total that I think is very, very interesting Rams minus one and a half at the Colts it's a 47 point total. I can tell you in week two, Mike, I thought I was going to be filthy rich because oh. I went with golf stacks, which worked out and my only other stack, my only other quarterback play was Anthony Richardson. And so I had him in basically half of my lineups, which was, which was quite a bit of, of money invested there. And he had two touchdowns in the first quarter. It looked like he was going to have, honestly, against Houston, I don't know, five or six touchdowns, like running and passing. And, of course, he he went out with the concussion. So now he's back. And I'm really curious to see if you're interested in playing him this week at home against the Rams in a high point total. I'll point out that his running back, Zach Moss, Had 32 touches last week. He had 30 carries, three targets. He caught two of them. The Rams allowing 4.6 yards per carry. They're on a short week. It does seem like Moss might get fed, but then I kind of want to do the Anthony Richardson thing again. And, oh, by the way, Michael Pittman is getting a ton of targets. Cheap options like Josh Downs getting a ton of targets. I feel like there's a lot of ways you can go here, including the other side of the ball with Matthew Stafford, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell, and even Kyron Williams. Seems like there's a lot of different ways to stack this in a nice environment in Indy.
2: Yeah, I think the thing that's important to point out, and I know you do a great job of doing it, is playing in the controlled environment makes a huge difference in this league, especially when you've got talented in big play weapons in the passing game. It is so much easier to run routes, throw the football. It's so much easier indoors, right? Uh, it makes it harder to defend it as well, so I I like all the clouts there. Uh, it's a lot like that Denver Chicago game. Like it, it, this game's got massive massive upside in terms of fantasy points because uh, I don't think either defense is going to have a ton of success stopping them. I think that these drives are going to move, uh, and it's just a matter of, it comes down to some of that red zone efficiency. But I love Richardson again. Um, The thing we have to be concerned with is does the scare with the, you know, the concussion and everything there, does that limit his playbook in terms of running the football? I don't know. I I have no idea. I think that it's always concerning when you have a concussion that early into the career. Um, my guess is, is it doesn't change things much initially. Uh, I think that the weapon is so valuable in the red zone that he's probably still going to get some goal line carries. Um, when you looked at it, he wasn't running a ton to begin with only three rushing attempts, 10 in the first week, but it's not like he's trying to run 15, 20 times a game. It's more strategic. And I I think that that's what happens is they tend to just use it in the red zone only. Uh, I think this is probably one of the last weeks though. If he did this matchup is great. It's on the home field. If he has that decent game again, we won't see him under $7,000 again for the rest of the season. Yeah, totally agree with that.
1: I mean, he's he's an absolute beast, I, extremely hard to stop. And by the way, uh, the last game, I think I referenced Javante Williams as 5,700 on DraftKings. He's actually 5,500. And just so you know, how how kind of. Inexpensive, some of these pieces are in this Rams-Colts game, which again has a 47-point total. It's moving around. It might be down to 46. So like, just keep that in mind. These totals do move around a little bit. But Kyron Williams, only 6K. Zach Moss, only 6K. Michael Pittman, 6,500. Josh Downs, 3,500. Puka Nakua, now he's getting priced up, right? 6,700. Tutu Atwell, a reasonable 5,500. And then, of course, Anthony Richardson, 6,700. And Matthew Stafford, 5,700. I mean... The Stafford stacks make sense if you think the Colts are going to push the Rams, which it sounds like we all do. All right. We got a few.
2: Oh, go ahead, Mike. Oh, yeah. You might have been looking at the same question. I see the question in the chat. Do you think Richardson will take away carries from Moss, even though he was the only running back? So I don't think he necessarily takes away carries in the sense that you see a drastic, drastic drop. But he does take away touchdown equity, uh, which is what's most important. You know, volume is important, but touchdown equity is still really, really important. Uh, with those running backs. And I think no matter how you look at it, I think you have to assume that Richardson takes away touchdown equity uh, from his running back for sure and and for the
1: record, that's why it, speaking of running backs that are fifty seven hundred, DeAndre Swift is fifty seven hundred. And that's you know, it's always an issue with DeAndre Swift because when he gets tackled at the one or two yard line, like Jalen hurts, he, he'll sneak it in. So like you always have to keep that. in. that's why, you know, we didn't bring up James Cook in, in when we talked about the bills game, I think he's a viable play, but that's another running back where either Josh Allen or maybe Damian Harris comes in or j- they just throw the ball. Like, so these are all obviously things you need to consider now on FanDuel. It's an even bigger deal, uh, but the, the long and short of it is, you know, you have to watch out for these things. The reason I like DeAndre Swift is because I think if the Eagles really poured on Washington, which is certainly possible, particularly in the second half. I think we're going to see some long DeAndre Swift runs from like 10 yards mm-hmm. out, from eight yards out, from 15 yards out, because those holes, when they open up, they really open up. And, and th- there might be a point in that game where Washington just kind of submits. So something to consider. But you always want to consider that with these types of running backs when that, that have the quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson, uh, for sure. All right, a few four uh, o'clock games to talk about. But before we do, let's hear another message from our partners. All right. Well, this week for main slate, I think one of the biggest attractions, I mean, listen, there's there's a couple of games that obviously have high totals. And, and one of them, of course, is that Bill's Dolphins game that people are going to be paying a lot of attention to. However, it's this game, the Raiders plus five and a half at the Chargers with it's creeping up almost. It's getting towards 50. Uh, we have 48 and a half here, but it's 49 and a half in some places it's looking like so. This is a game that I think is going to be more palatable for people to stack. And it's because there are some cheaper pieces that I think people are really going to gravitate to, like a Josh Palmer, for example, with with Mike Williams out for the season. Uh, I guess my first question is, and we're going to get to your top three, so we don't need to spend a ton of time because we're going to get to your top three at each position. After we get through through these four o'clock games, we're going to get to our cheat sheets. But would you say the Justin Herbert stack is your favorite stack? And, And I'll qualify it. Would it be your favorite stack for cash and
2: tournament or just for cash? If the answer is yes, um, I personally mine is Burrow, no matter what. I'm playing Burrow and cash, um, but right. it would be right below it. Um, it's yeah, it's Herbert. I'm gonna have a lot of it, I'm gonna have a lot of this game mixed in. Um, but I, I yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's
1: either one, it should be one or two for you for sure. So my next question is, and then I mentioned this on the Tuesday show, which, uh, which Megan Schaub joined us for. I liked the idea of just, whether it's cash or not, cash or tournament, Uh, granted, in tournament, it's a little chalky, but I liked the idea of just doing, let's just talk in the context of cash, of doing Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen and throwing Josh Palmer in. And I know from a cash game perspective, the old school thought is, oh, you don't want to stack too much in cash games because, you know, like you don't need to do that in cash. And we've, you know, on this show, we've kind of come around to the notion, well, actually, that's not really true. Uh, Over the last couple of years, we have been stacking. Would that be overreaching in cash to have that double stack, Mike?
2: Definitely not. Uh, definitely not because of the price points as well. Palmer's just 4k uh, Palmer's a piece that frankly can be in any of your lineups. Um, so, yeah, I think that if you got a piece like that at 4k and you're likely like, say you're playing lineups that aren't Justin Herbert lineups, you're probably considering playing Josh Palmer in those lineups already. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you're playing them in the, in the lineup that you've got as quarterback as well. Um, and I know that you're not trying to necessarily win a tournament with a cash game, but if you're playing Justin Herbert at that salary, you are betting on him having a pretty big day. And unless you think all the touchdowns are going to Keenan Allen, you you definitely need an additional weapon. Um, Keep in mind, Keenan Allen scored 48.4 DraftKings points last week (laughs) without a touchdown and losing points on a fumble.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. He had, he had 20 targets, Mike. He caught 18 of them. Insane. (laughs) And it's, it, on the other side of the ball, Devontae Adams, by the way, he was the only other guy last week to get 20 targets. He only caught 13 of them. Of course, there's there's quarterback considerations to to go with that conversation before we get like, you know, there's so many things to ask here. So let's go to the Raiders side, because it looks like to me that Jimmy G is going to play this week. Does does your play of Devontae Adams? Is it contingent upon GMG, oh, Excuse me, GMG, Jimmy G actually playing?
2: Um, I think if you want to play Adams, you, you could play him no matter who's playing a quarterback. I think the answer for Vegas is throw the ball to Devonte Adams. Uh, I know mm-hmm. Jacoby Myers has been decent at, at times there. Um, but with a quarterback change, I would think that would impact Myers more than Devonte. Um, so I, I don't think it really matters if you like Devonte. I think you want to play either one of them. You want to play him no matter who's playing quarterback. Uh, I think that with Jimmy in there, the game's certainly more competitive. Uh, if Jimmy wasn't playing, which, again, I do think he's going to play. But if he wasn't, uh, you know, the spread will balloon a little more. They're even in a more they're, – they're in more of a negative game script, which is likely easier targets forced that way. Uh, so I think Devontae, if you like him, he's in play no matter what here. Okay, and if Jimmy G plays, do you consider going the Josh Jacobs route? Uh, No, I'm off, completely off Josh Jacobs. I don't think that he is quite the same as he was before. I think the offense is drastically different here. Uh, And I think just this game script overall, I I think it's going to dictate uh, one where they're likely going to end up throwing the football, which again, Jacobs is more than capable catching passes out of the backfield. Um, Just not something I'm going to get to when you consider price points and everything there. Uh, I I can't get up to the 7K range uh, on Jacobs. Right.
1: Speaking of price points on the Chargers side, like we know that Keenan Allen's going to be popular. We know Josh Palmer's probably going to be popular. Any other pieces? Like I see somebody in the chat. It's Frank who says, is Parham a lock at tight end? I think he's interesting because he doesn't get a lot of targets, but he certainly gets the touchdown equity for whatever reason. It's not usually Gerald Everett. With that said, I think Everett's really interesting at 3,600. Now, Parham is 2,800 just so everybody knows and then of course we have this conversation about Eckler like maybe you know more than I do it looks like he might play this week which I think is a surprise to some people but maybe he doesn't play and then you have Joshua Kelly I don't think anybody wants to play Joshua Kelly but the long and short of it from a question standpoint is any other pieces you'd consider pairing Justin Herbert with outside of Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer
2: uh, yeah, so I like the tight ends. Uh, Parham, definitely not a lock at tight end. Uh, it's a true punt. Uh, you're looking for touchdown equity. He, he's a massive threat in the red zone. There's no doubt about it. Certainly a, a favorite target down there. And that has to do with the fact that everyone knows they want to get the football to Keenan Allen. Uh, as far as if Austin Eckler plays, That definitely dings the touchdown equity on Parham because Eckler is a valuable asset in the red zone. Uh, Running the football, catching the football, it changes their play calling significantly. Uh, Having said that, I'll probably still play Parham because it's legitimate punt and I'm trying to get Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, and Tyree Kill in my lineup. Uh, Just telling you that right now. So I need a guy like Parham. Uh, Everett's fine as well. Quentin Johnson, I think someone we're not talking about enough. We've been a little maybe disappointed with his role. I think it was very clear that Josh Palmer was above him on the depth chart, right? And that's to be expected a little bit with some of the rookie receivers. He's going to have more opportunity going forward. Uh, Will it be right now this week? It's possible. You might see defensive schemes change to not allow Keenan Allen to catch the football 18 times. Like it, it might, that might happen. Uh, so I think there's definitely merit to playing Johnson. I think there's Palmer, either one of the tight ends. Uh, the only call I'll make on Austin Eckler, I think it would be a very interesting. I know, I know they got to win games, right? They, they have to win games. Fortunately, they got that last one. It would be very interesting to me to play him in this spot, considering they have a bye next week. Uh, they get their bye out of the way earlier. Like why you're at home, you're playing the team, you should probably beat, you um, You know, we'll see medical staffs do a lot of questionable things. Sometimes players want to be on the field. There's a lot going in there. Personally, I would not risk it with a guy like Eckler who takes such a beating throughout the course of a season when you know you could give them one more game, which gives them an extra two weeks uh, of time off. So we'll see what they ultimately decide.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we can move on from that. There's just so much you can do uh, with that game. And I know it's going to be uh, super popular. And I do think Jacoby Myers is is, is worth a look. Um, what Maybe you're bringing two guys back. And, I, you know, Josh Jacobs, I mean, he would be contrarian, right? Like people aren't playing yes. Josh Jacobs, right? Okay. Correct. So there's yeah. something to be said for that, too. So just keep that in mind. All right, let's go to we got two more games. Uh, one of which is really interesting from a DFS standpoint, in my opinion, it's the Cardinals plus 14 at the 49ers. We're looking at around a 44, 45 point total. Listen, like, you know, the Cardinals are pushing back now, even though this is a 14 point spread. I don't think there's any sort of perception on Kyle Shanahan's part that like they're going, like they're going to have to take their foot off the gas in the third or fourth quarter. Cause it's going to be such a blowout. That might be the case, but to me, it seems like all systems go for 49ers to the extent you want to play guys in DFS. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of what I would want to do with a typical Chargers game, which is like a Justin Herbert Eckler stack. And I just like bottle up all of the, the points through the running and the passing game. I'm not doing that this week for the Chargers game, but I kind of think Purdy, to C- Purdy and CMC stacks are in play, whether it be afternoon slate only or, or maybe on the main slate. Are you interested at all in that?
2: I don't mind it. Uh, I, yeah, on the the afternoon slate for sure. Um, full slate. I don't mind the Purdy stacks. I I like the McCaffrey call out. If you want to make that spend there, I'm probably still going to spend on wide receiver a little bit more. Uh, but the one piece that I like in this game, honestly, I like George Kittle a lot. Uh, The price point, 5,100 on George Kittle. He's a guy that at some points was routinely up as high as 6,500. He's been getting targeted. He had nine targets last week against the Giants. Um, Hasn't landed in the end zone here yet. I think he's got some of that upside here, especially if this game somehow gets a little more competitive. But I think the game could be a little more competitive because I think we could see the play calling change a little bit if Debo Samuel doesn't play in this game. Uh, When there are 14-point favorites like this, Debo Samuel, again, the mission for San Francisco is Super Bowl or bust. You've got to keep a guy like Debo Samuel healthy. Uh, We saw Brandon Ayuk not play in that game. I think that Debo Samuel is a real candidate to not play here. He did not practice yesterday. Mm -hmm. Dealing with multiple injuries. It's the knee and the ribs. If you watched that last game, he took a shot over the middle of the field, came out of the game, ultimately came back in. Uh, but this wouldn't shock me if it's a spot where Brandon Ayuk returns. It's Debo Samuel's turn to go ahead and maybe take the week off, and when they do that, that leaves a lot of opportunity for George Kittle. Yeah, I don't mind that. On the, on the run
1: back, if you were to stack this game, I, I do think James Conner's interesting at 5,900. He's getting a lot of work, and he's been very efficient with it. By the way, against that allegedly vaunted Cowboys defense he averaged seven yards per carry uh which it, on on plenty of carries by the way it wasn't like he had a 70 yard run to make the the number weird his longest rush in that game was 26 yards he was just gashing them but Marquise Brown is interesting I think at 5k uh Rondale Moore who actually got a couple backfield carries but I think he's interesting if you need salary relief at 3300 any of those guys that you're interested in whether
2: it's a run back or just standalone. Uh, I'm not going to get there, but it's totally valuable. I think it's honestly a great pivot from some of the others. Like you could speculate on even Josh Palmer. I think Palmer does have, you know, much higher floor and has got upside. But there are certainly scenarios where those guys equal or outperform Josh Palmer, uh, Quentin Johnston, things like that. So I I definitely think that that's viable. Um, Having said that, I I like the 49ers defense a little bit. And for me, again, it's probably – solo George Kittles. Uh, If you're not punting with Donald Parham or whatever situation uh, at tight end, I I think that George Kittle, I think it's a pretty good discount here at uh, 5,100. I think it's a great matchup as well. And not a lot of people are playing George Kittle, I imagine. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, Speaking of not playing a lot of people, I don't know that people are going to play a lot of Patriots and Cowboys. This is our final game. It's the third game of the Four o'clock slate. The first one, by the way, Raiders-Chargers, just so everybody knows, it's 4.05. The next two, Cardinals, 49ers, Patriots, Cowboys, 4.25. i I I say that because of late swap, particularly in the afternoon slate. Maybe you've you've got your lineup in in time, but just know you still have 20 minutes to change two out of the three games if you feel so inclined. Uh, Plus six and a half. like It's plus seven in some places. I actually put this out on Sportsline. I like the Patriots plus seven quite a bit. I'm not really interested in playing anybody on either side of the ball here. Obviously, Tony Pollard is a big name. He's going to be in play. I respect this Patriots defense, though, personally. And for the record, I don't want to play Ramondre Stevenson, even though I think he might actually be successful. I just don't want to pay um, for Ramondre Stevenson on this slate. Anybody you're looking at in this game?
2: Honestly, no, Uh, I'm not going to end up playing Pollard either. Um, It's a game that I think there's great betting opportunities, as you pointed out. Uh, I think the Cowboys, you know, they're, they're better than the performance that they put out uh, in, in the last spot. And I think you see an inspired effort and that typically starts defensively. Um, but the Patriots are so good at scheming in some of these games to at least give themselves a fighting chance in these games. Um, I, I think the possessions could be a little limited here. And the price points, you know, I, I'm not paying 6200 for Ramondre when I've got seven different backs at that same price or cheaper. Um, so, yeah, I'm you know, it's boring to talk about, but I'm mostly off of this game. Tony Pollard, he, you know, he's got 30 fantasy point upside for sure, but uh, I'm willing to ignore that at a $7,800 price tag. Yeah, totally
1: agree. I think I'm going to get to Ramondre in the afternoon slate only, uh, but I'm not going to get to Tony Pollard. I'll probably have a let's say, I mean, I'm not going to tell you because the, the, I don't even know what it is yet because the Chargers Raiders game is going to certainly be involved. But I'll have some Herbert. I'll have some Brock Purdy. I'll have some CMC. I'll have some Ramondre. And then I'm just going to look for some cheap options, maybe in that Arizona Cardinals game and even, of course, in the Chargers game as well. So something to keep in mind that I think that three game four o'clock slate is actually quite interesting. All right, Mike. We've gotten to the point where I think a lot of people are always curious about. They want your top three
2: at every position. So let's start at the quarterback position. Who are your top three? All right. Uh, And I have just changed one of them at one position. But quarterback, it's going to be Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, Again, I'm very big on Burrow. I think he played fine in that last game. I think a few drop passes and touchdown variants at the goal line. Uh, certainly impacted his score. So I love how often he's throwing the football. Justin Herbert, what's not to love? Great matchup against the Vegas Raiders. I uh, Got a guy like Keenan Allen, some really great stacks. And then Anthony Richardson. I, I think that game's a shootout with the Rams. Uh, playing at home, I think it's a controlled environment. I think he's going to have the goal line rushing upside. Uh, so I like him a lot. Wide receiver, it's big names, but I love them, and I'm going to play them all. Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill. Uh, It is possible to build lineups with all three of them in your lineup. You could legitimately have, I don't know, 40 targets (laughs) with those three players. Um, Probably pretty likely close to 40 targets uh, in the passing game. So Keenan Allen, not much to say there. He's going to get targeted. Uh, Now that Mike Williams is out, it wouldn't shock me if he breaks the record for the most receptions in a season in the NFL this season. Uh, Jamar Chase, way too cheap, way under-owned. Titans secondary, absolutely atrocious. Tyreek Hill doing his thing. Don't need to say much there. Tight end right now. It's Donald Parham Jr. Uh, Just an absolute punt presence in the red zone. That's what we're looking for is red zone touchdown equity with a cheap, cheap tight end. Uh, George Kittle uh, talked about him a little bit just recently there. I like this matchup for him. I think Debo Samuel sits. I think that changes the game plan a little bit. And then Chigakonku for the Titans. I think the Titans are going to find themselves in a game script where they have to throw the football. Uh, also natural bringbacks to my borough to chase stacks. And defense, I don't normally fill it out, but I do like the Cleveland Browns. Let me ask you this, because I, I didn't get to it on those chase stacks. Is, is Chig the only
1: bring back for you? Are you considering like a, I don't even know Traylon Brooks. I don't know if he's healthy, but um, when we have Derrick Henry, like, would it be just like a, a really cheap bring back in that situation? Or have you considered other bringbacks there?
2: Uh, just the, just the tight end position uh, with Chig Otherwise I'm not going to look to bring it back. I'm mostly just going to focus on that isolation of Brodo, the pass catchers and, and kind of, fill in with other games because I don't necessarily think this game shoots out, but what I do think happens is Burrow gets his three touchdowns likely two to chase or one to Higgins, whatever it may be. I think he has success that way. I don't know that, you know, I, I think Burrow could have this kind of game while the team just scores 24 points. Right. I, I think it could be a 24, 20 win um, game just slightly goes over, but he still has a great fantasy day is what I'm looking at here. Um so I'm not interested in bringing it back. I think that Derrick Henry, because it's a home game for the Titans, I think they run with Derrick Henry a little more. Okay, and I'm not sure. Did, you might have skipped the running backs, and maybe I'm wrong. But if you I did, I it's not, I got excited with the pass catchers, uh, running backs. Miles Sanders uh, injury tag too cheap. I think that he's going to have some of the opportunity. We'll have Bryce Young back. Um, just I, I think Sanders gets leaned on a little bit there. Uh, Kyron Williams, again, I think that game's a shootout. I think he's got some upside in the passing game, honestly. If you look at the targets he's been getting in the passing game, now you're again in that controlled environment, a shootout with the Ram or with the Colts. And then Alexander Madison. Madison is someone who has drastically underperformed expectation in terms of when we look at like expected fantasy points and expected uh, some of those situations. He, he's definitely due for a little touchdown regression. Um, I, I think that Madison is someone going forward, I think has a big game in him and it could be this week.
1: All right. And then honestly, you're kind of convincing me with all the kind of Williams and Colts talk that, I'm going to have to throw some Stafford uh, lineups in there and, and some Stafford uh, correlations yep. and bringing it back. I mean, there's so many good bringbacks, whether it's Zach Moss or or Downs or, of course, Michael Pittman. Uh, and of course, the Anthony Richardson stack still in play uh, in that game as well. Uh, let's do our cheat sheets. I'll start. I've got like this is going to sound familiar. I mean, we've talked about a lot of the stacks we like. So, I mean, you know. If you think this is too chalky, I get it. You know, move on to another stack that we like. We just mentioned Stafford. We mentioned Anthony Richardson, Joe Burrow. I kind of like the Tua stack to to Tyreek Hill. So there's a lot to choose from. My favorite is going to be Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen. And my value, oh, by the way, it's another Charger, 4,000. So I'm going to obviously have these double stacks in play in a lot of my lineups, including my cash game lineups. Uh, Chalk, it's going to be DeAndre Swift at 5,700. I'm hoping not only does he gobble up all the yards and Gainwell kind of takes a back seat like he did last week, but also. that DeAndre Swift gets in the end zone. And frankly, I'm expecting that, particularly in the second half when things potentially get blown a little wide open against my commanders. My contrarian play, it's Javante Williams at 5,500. I think this is the game for Javante Williams, so I'm going to put my money there. And my fade, I'm actually going to go against Mike on this one. It's going to be fading Miles Sanders. This is me really just fading Carolina in general, especially when Bryce Young is the quarterback. It would be a completely different conversation on that Carolina game If Andy Dalton was the starter and it's looking like it's going to be Bryce Young. So um, guys like Adam Thielen, they're still in play, of course, but they'd be much more in play for me. DJ Shark, much more in play for me if uh, if Bryce Young was not starting. But I I do want to point out both of those guys, pretty cheap. DJ Shark in particular at 4K, uh, certainly viable if you want to go cheap there. All right, Mike, your cheat sheet.
2: All right. I've already talked about Joe Burrow a little bit. I love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase this week. I love the value of the stack. Not often do you get Jamar Chase under 8,000, Joe Burrow under 7,000. I think it's a great, great matchup against a very weak secondary of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Value play. We're going to list Donald Parham here. 2,800. It is a legitimate punt. With one of the best stacks If I'm going to play Burrow and Chase I want to get as much possible exposure To Justin Herbert still as I can Uh, One way to do that is to punt A very, very weak tight end position Uh, My chalk play, Keenan Allen 20 targets, caught 18 of them 48 or whatever yeah, 48 fantasy points without a touchdown Uh, We're not expecting that again But I do think the floor is insanely high The highest floor of any player In the National Football League this week Uh, Love it Contrarian play T Higgins, we talked about this earlier. Anytime you've got a player who wears a single digit jersey number and his ownership is likely to be there or lower, sign me up. I like the spot for T Higgins. I think he will not be owned at all. Uh, I, I'm talking like I think it could be as low as 2 to 3% ownership uh, on T. Higgins. I think he's got massive, massive upside. And then I'm going to fade Tony Pollard. I think it's a price point play. You see that I want to play Chase. You want to play Keenan Allen. I like Tyree Kill. It doesn't leave a lot of room. There's cheap running backs out there. So I'm going to fade Tony Pollard against a pretty good New England defense that is typically very good at limiting possessions in football games. Uh, so I'll fade Tony Pollard. So Mike that's good stuff there. I, I actually need to I, we
1: need to hang on for two more minutes cuz I skipped two games. One not as important as the other. So let's just really quickly let's cover Minnesota Carolina again. That's that Bryce Young game. I actually forgot to touch on that. So that's on me. Bryce Young looking to be the starter there. We have value options in Adam Thielen at 4500, DJ Shark at 4k, but it's the other side of the ball against this really beat up Carolina defense that I think we could expose. Alexander Madison, you mentioned at 5,800, but we also have Kirk Cousins at 7,100, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and of course, T.J. Hawkinson. Is this, like, I know it's not in your top three because we already went over that, but are any of these guys making it in there or are you just kind of avoiding this game altogether?
2: I like the running backs. I like Alexander Madison a lot. Uh, again, I think he's due for some touchdown regression. I think he's going to have the football in his hands. Uh, Miles Sanders as well. I just think they still lean on the the running back situation a bit as long as he plays. He does have a questionable designation ahead of this. Uh, But I I think that when you've got a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young, who's probably still going to continue to struggle, they're going to lean on the running back just a little bit more. So that would be my only interest. Uh, If you're a narrative street player, you want to bet on Adam Thielen revenge game, go for it. Uh, Not going to be something I do. And then, of course, we can't leave without talking about Justin Jefferson. Uh, the price point is high. The ownership is not, it's not going to be high. Tyree kill Jamar chase, even uh, and that is going to be higher than him probably. Uh, but Keenan Allen and just the stacks, the way people want to go. I, I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to be owned. And it's very possible that he has multiple touchdowns in this game.
1: Yeah, and it could be, listen, this is one of those situations where if he's low-owned, it really is a good situation to maybe peel off of one of those guys that you jammed in, like a Tyreek Hill, and just hope it goes to Waddle, and then you got Justin Jefferson in while everybody else is playing Tyreek Hill. So those are some things to consider there. And I honestly think a Kirk Cousins stack is in play, too. This Carolina defense, super beat up. Um, Listen, it's not going to be the first or second stack i get to, but it's certainly in play. Two Jefferson, can double stack it. Hawkinson's a little expensive, but Addison not so much. Osborne not so much. You could bring it back with an Adam Thielen or a Miles Sanders, depending on how you think uh, that game's going to go with Bryce Young. And then finally, Pittsburgh at Houston. This is only a forty-one and a half point total. Pittsburgh's favored favored by three going to Houston. I don't have a lot of interest in here other than Tank Dell at forty-six hundred. I think he's always interesting. He's just such a target monster. I don't think I'm doing the C.J. Stroud stack thing against Pittsburgh, although I don't think that's a terrible play. On the other on the way back, I'm not interested in any of the receivers. For Pittsburgh, other than Calvin Austin at 3,300, we know he can get deep. We know with Deontay Johnson out, he's still con- going to continue to get some targets. Any pieces in this game, whether it's salary relief or stack
2: uh, potential, that you like? No stacking, but I'm glad you mentioned Calvin Austin. Uh, that's the piece that I have interest in. Uh, I, I think it's a fine pivot from guys like Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson, uh, things like that. I, I think Calvin Austin is a one-off. It Is a decent call out. Um, You know, we've seen at least four targets in every game, um, six targets in week one and week three. Um, I think they're going to be in another competitive football game. So I, I definitely, I like that call it a little bit. All right. Well, I think we covered the two that I missed. So sorry about
1: that. And that's why you got to listen to the whole show. Sometimes I screw up, but uh, that's going to be our show. If you have any questions, obviously go ahead and message me. No problem. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope, that you've registered for our FFT DFS contest. At this point, there's probably 70, 60 spots left. Hopefully some people joined in the middle of our show, but um, every week we do the same contest and we always have it out by Tuesday. So make sure you click on that and enjoy. And of course, we'll recap the top lineup like we do every Tuesday for our recap show uh, coming up just in a few days. Mike, thanks for joining us. Hopefully next time I talk to you, you'll be back at your place. I hope so. All right. This is Fantasy Football Today, DFS. We'll see you next week.